When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome to the Point After on WDVE Pittsburgh. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. We'll bring Deshaun Hamilton in motion to his right. Driscoll back, looking to his left. Pressure comes and down he goes. Driscoll is sacked by Terrell Edmond. Everybody, welcome to The Point After. Missy Matthews with Tunch Ilkin and Craig Woofley. It is a happy victory Monday here, guys. The Steelers beating the Broncos in their home opener 26-21 to yesterday. And the good news is the Steelers moved to 2-0. and Right. Tunch, it wasn't pretty, but they got the win. And we are sitting here in a pretty good spot as they're getting ready for another home game with the Houston Texans, who have not won a game yet this season, coming to Heinz Field. It wasn't a Picasso, Missy. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, w- one of the things that they struggled early and uh, you know, the, the lack of preseason games makes for more mistakes. And so they, the first half was like a preseason game, right. uh, but then they got it, uh, you know, like New York, they got it in the second half. And so it's, it's going to go that way. I think when the Houston Texans come to town. All right, uh, Wolf, just yes. a few fun facts for you here. Okay. Pittsburgh is now 16-4 and four at Heinz Field in home openers. Pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. They have won seven of their last nine games coming off of a Monday night performance. And yesterday was a big win for Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger. Right. Win number 117. They are now the third most regular season wins tandem for a head coach and a quarterback. They passed wow. Don Shula. And Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Wow. Pretty good, Dan right? Marino, yeah, you know. Hey, that's yeah. Danny. That's Pittsburgh, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's some Yinz-tastic fun facts for you. Yes, yeah. I like the, the, that. You know, Don Shula's from Ohio. Well, and, it's close uh, enough to yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. You know, the point is um, you see this, this success that uh, Mike and, and Ben are having together, and it's it's terrific, and you love the legacy that they're leaving at Heinz Field, much like, right. you know, Three Rivers Stadium. Um, so, hey, let's hope it just keeps rolling and keeps going. And by the way, you know, you said it wasn't pretty. Well, hey, neither is Tunch and I. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Look at our foreheads. <laughs> 
After the game, guys, Coach Tomlin said there is a lot of room for growth, but the good thing is you get to grow with a win. Exactly. So did you feel better after the Giants win, or do you feel better after this win? No, I feel better after this win. Okay. Uh, I knew that they were going to beat the Giants. Uh, You know, I knew they were going to beat the Giants. Uh, you know, the, you know, I said this, uh, in the round table, uh, but the offense of the New York giants is, uh, attack offense. Uh, you know, Joe just says, uh, we're kind of, we're coming downhill. We're going fast. We're going to punch you in the nose for 60 minutes. And, uh, uh, they went at it and the Steelers played physical and they stopped Saquon Barkley. The the uh, uh, Denver Broncos they want an outside and inside zone and uh, one of the things that uh, Melvin Gordon kept cutting it back and uh, they were and he hit it a few yards. times yeah, yeah eleven yards thirteen yards fifteen yards exactly and make Fitzpatrick had a big hole to cover <laughs> but he, he did it he did yeah he, he did, did but let me tell you something when he started from deep safety. Right, coming up to cover all that grass. Right, that was a lot of room to cover. Yeah. Now, do you think what you're saying about what Melvin Gordon was able to do—that that was a Mike Munchak effect of knowing, you know, a little bit about the Steelers' defense and maybe what would make them slightly uncomfortable? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, the uh, Steelers' defense has always struggled with the outside zone, right? Uh, because one of the things the Steelers are so aggressive that they over-pursue. Uh, and uh, the second half, they started playing much more gap-sound discipline. And when you had uh, Cam Hayward, you had Stephon it when they are in their 4-2 frontal. Right. Right, in the nickel. Uh, you're talking about both of them taking on the double teams, but on the on the backside one time, they went uh, they went uh, trace motion, and you had uh, Vinny had went out with right. the guy in motion, so he was taking out. He went man coverage, so all of a sudden they hit it in the backside, and Vinny didn't see it. Then another time he got overplayed to the front side, and they cut it back. Right. So there, those are situations where you take some of the natural aggressiveness of a defense, and you hit them with a little uh, I don't know running a uh, little football jujitsu. Yeah, but you know they the second half they played well. They played better. They, they stayed home well. more. Yeah, they and stayed they, home, yes, and they got. They got after it, and they stayed square. They did a better job of keeping the shoulder square, coming down the line of scrimmage, facing and, up field. And, and not over-pursuing. Right. Absolutely. Now, in terms of the penalties, guys, against New York, they only had three for 21 yards. Yesterday at Heinz Field against the Broncos, 10 for 89 yards. Right. T.J. Watt said sometimes, you know, they play fast, they play physical, they like to be technical, but there are things in terms of the sloppiness that they can clean up. Right. You know, a lot of the uh, penalties were pass interference, and a lot of penalties were on uh, – uh, on the you know the, one of the penalties that was big was on Deontay Johnson's touchdown right that on was a punt return man. yeah and you know what you know what the um, can I tell you something what Cam I wrote it I wrote an article all right one of the things so at the end I had to put down Cam Sutton you got robbed that was not a push in the back he was parallel the guy started to turn and then when he when he dove out like that it looked like he pushed him that was no push let me tell you something you want to see a real penalty remember when I got called for Franco's uh, on the holding call at right. Seattle yeah 90 yard screen but pass. See, <laughs> Keith now, that was a hold, okay? <laughs> that I earned. I earned that one. Did you admit that one at the time? 
had no choice, man. That was as plain as as the nose on my face. Let so me tell you. He, he tackled Keith Butler. Yeah. Ah, even yeah. more appropriate. Well, uh, Butsy was a diver. He just went down. And like, he went down. Yeah, just he know. went down. <laughs> All right, no, so that was a hold, though. That was. At the beginning of the show, we heard the call from the game. Terrell Edmonds, the sack to end it. That was only his second sack in his career. His first sack came against Phillip Rivers when he was with the L.A. Chargers in 2018, his rookie year. So do you think that was just, you know, something different, catch them by surprise, or was that more? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, normally Mike Hilton comes off the slot. Uh, and uh, Terrell Edmonds came off the slot, and uh, uh, the quarterback didn't find the hot read. It was right in his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he didn't find the hot read, and Melvin Gordon was the hot read. You know, the thing that amazed me, because that was the second time with Driscoll that a blitz came right Right. in his face. Hilton got him one time, and then it was uh, Terrell. Terrell. And, you know, that was the play of the game. You know, Terrell don't make that play on a fourth and two. Right. That that could well have been that closed it game out. Game over. Yeah, that closed it out. I know, almost, almost. Uh, well, I know you guys will like this. After the game, Joe Hayden uh, was zooming with the media, of course, and he said that point in the game, the fourth and two, everyone had that seven shots mentality, something right. that the Steelers practice all the time, and it was the whole defense was zoned in and they were ready to go, and that is something that they do practice daily. Right, right. Seven shots uh, all the time. Well, he only got one uh, shot there. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. It's uh, fourth and two. But what you know. Uh, Terrell Edmonds did a great job. Tremendous play. He did a great job, and you know, Drexel me... was not waiting. For no, him. he was not. He was he was not ready for it. Here's the thing that I, I loved about Terrell because Terrell gets unfairly kind of like people say, you know, where's the big plays? Where's the turnovers? You know, you see Minka last year. Minka had a lot of takeaways right. and so forth. Well, that's as big a turnover takeaway, whatever. Big play, splash play, yeah. however you want to call it. That's as big as they come. Yeah. Because virtually, if he doesn't make that play, that game might have very seriously gone the other way. You know, Terrell Edmonds, uh, when he gets down in the box, he is so He's physical. He's tough, man. He is. He's you know, tough he, and physical. He makes so many tackles, and he was second in tackles last year right. uh, behind uh, and Devin And nobody's Bush. had more snaps than he's had yeah. in the last two years. So yeah. the point is, in my mind, what did Chuck always used to say? But success begets success. success. I think he's going to be begetting some more. <laughs> uh, some guys who got some more this game, Bud Dupree and TJ Watt getting their first sacks of 2020. The Steelers defense as a unit, seven sacks, six passes defense, 11 tackles for loss, 19 quarterback hits. Now, yes, they went from Drew Locke to Jeff Driscoll uh, playing right. with their backup quarterback most of the time. But I think the defense, did they take it another step, another notch this week? Tunch? Well, you know, I, I think so. Uh, Driscoll uh, was uh, uh, staring downfield uh, more than, uh, uh, you know, he was st- staring down the field more. Uh, but uh, the the pass rush was coming at him. Right. Uh, Tyson Alu Alu uh, <laughs> was uh, uh, Christian He's the Berry. secret sauce of the yeah. first two weeks, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, T.J. Watt, two and a half sacks. Uh, Mike Hilton, a sack. Right. Uh, and there there was a bunch of there was a Cam bunch Hayward of pressure. Had half. Cam Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuit and uh, Tyson Alu Alu collapsed the pocket. Think about it. 19 hits. Yeah. You got 19 this week. You had, what, uh, 22 last week? 
Yeah, Most of those are double-digit <laughs> numbers. I, I, I'm like, I look at this stuff, and I'm thinking, I would not want to be in the offensive line meeting room, right. Looking at this bunch of guys. This is a bunch of growlers who ball up their fist and come after it, and they they play like maniacs when they're going after the quarterback. Yeah, I'm really impressed with this group. It's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Bud Dupree uh, powdered. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you talking about Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Yeah, when yeah, he drove he, him into the ground. drove him into the that, ground. That was a big splash. I, I don't know how hurt Drew Locke was, but uh, he uh, – Maybe he just didn't want to face that rush. Maybe he didn't, didn't want to come back in. I think he's out at least the next two to three games, Is he? Nick right. Fangio said today, yeah. Okay. And Cortland Sutton got hurt. Cortland Sutton got hurt. Uh, he's out for the season as well. So out for He's the out season. for the season. Out for the season. What Get did out. he hurt? I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, they did say officially what it was today. My goodness. Wow. Think about that. You know, there have been an awful lot of injuries right. happening. You know, there was uh, – and over at MetLife Stadium, they had a bunch Saquon of knee Barclay's injuries. Saquon Barkley's out for the year. There's a bunch of knee injuries that uh, have Yesterday been happening. Yesterday was not a good day across no. the league in terms of injuries, so yeah. we don't – we're yeah, not going to we, talk about any right now. Yeah, we don't have any. We're not going to talk we don't about have any. Okay, feel free uh, to knock on my head there, Missy. <laughs> That's about as much lumber Very around here as Very quickly got. before we get to your electrifying moment of the game, guys, I just want to read you Mike Hilton's stat line from yesterday. Eight oh, yeah. tackles, two tackles for a loss, two quarterback hits, one sack, one pass defense, and one fumble recovery. Right. He is – All uh, by himself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's one of the best slot corners in the league. No question. Uh, he he times up the blitzes very well. He can cover, uh, and he supports the run very well. And, you know, even when there's a big uh, – when those big shaggy guards come out of there, right. he, he <laughs> submarines them. He does. Chaluch, we were talking about it yesterday too because you voiced the one thing you said. You know, the way he's timing up the snap so quick, I wonder if he can hear him in the huddle. Yeah. Remember you were asking yeah, because the music wasn't playing. You're yeah. like, does he hear the snap count I, down I, there? I, he heard the snap count. I wouldn't doubt it because yeah. he was really timing those snap counts just beautifully. All right. It is time now for our electrifying moment of the game brought to you by IBEW Local Number 5. Wolf, you are up first. What was your electrifying moment of the game? You know, I uh, there, there was a number of them, really. Uh, but I just thought uh, James Conner, the 59-yard run, counter tray. The anchor, Matt Filer, comes around the corner. He seals it. That was Derek Watt and trail. Right. And he gets a kick out, and then James just goes, James, that's vintage James. <laughs> we needed to see that. We needed one of those big rushing moments that says, you know, game's over. This is how you put the boots to a team at the end of the game, and that's how winning is done. I think it was – that would be mine. And, you know, my play was Chase Claypool's uh, wow. touchdown yeah. play. Uh, you know, Ben threw that ball, and it just dropped in his lap. And it was a great throw, a great catch, and great Chase Claypool uh, coming down the sidelines and not stepping out of bounds. Beautiful. And one of the things that uh, Benny Snell missed the blitzer and he got he got in uh, ben Ben's got face, yeah. And uh, Ben still threw the ball, and and it was very very accurate. Like you say, this is what a Hall of Famer looks like. That's uh, Ben. 
It was not funny, but after the game, somebody said, you know, what What did you think, Ben, of Chase's 84-yard beautiful touchdown? He said, honestly, I threw it. I, I saw him get it. He said, but I fell down, and there was no crowd. So <laughs> I actually did not know what was happening until Marquise Pouncey is running towards me to celebrate, and I'm like, oh, we scored. That's funny. I, I, I hadn't I've, even thought of that. I fell down. <laughs> I fell down. I fell down. And there's no crowd to tell you which yeah. way it went. Right, wow. to be like, yes, all right. So that's, he no, said, that's wild. until Pouncey ran towards him he said i i had no clue you know yeah. I, I so that's one of those unintended consequences that you didn't know anything about i yeah. fell down i fell down yeah. <laughs> all right guys we are going to take a quick break here on the point after coming up next we're going to talk much more about ben roethlisberger and the steelers offense don't go anywhere we'll be right back back to the point after on dve well they were special um you know, they they bailed us out numerous times when, you know, they were sometimes even our best offense out there today. So uh, I'm really thankful for them. And, and I've told them numerous times and I'll reiterate it that um, you know, they're one of the big reasons that I decided to come back because they're they're a special group and um, they won that game for us. No doubt. That was Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger following the Steelers win over the Broncos yesterday at Heinz Field. Welcome back to the point after everybody. Missy Matthews with Tunch Ilkin and Craig Woofley. And guys, let's talk a little offense. We talked about the defense in our first segment. Uh, Ben stats yesterday, 29 for four. uh, 29 of 41, excuse me, 311 yards, two touchdowns, first interception of 2020. Tunch, you just heard him there. His entire press conference, pretty much every question was, I need to play better. I should have played better. My wide receivers were where they needed to be. I didn't get the ball to where they needed to be. So how did Ben play? Was he hard on himself? I thought uh, Ben was hard on himself. You know, he's uh, complimenting the defense, and he said the defense won the game for him. But I thought feel the offense won the game. Uh, you know, Ben threw the Chase Claypool uh, ball. Ben threw the Deontay Johnson ball. Right. Uh, you know, he he threw it into coverage once, and but he's only one pick. But he threw it uh, with, with velocity. You know, every time, Missy, that there's an out cut, that's the, the, the hardest throw to to make right. uh, for a quarterback because you've got to throw it on a frozen rope. And he threw about a half a dozen of them on frozen ropes. Well, and he was running. He threw that one to Deontay. Talk about yeah. a 28-yarder. That had smoke on it. Yeah. I mean, that thing was howitzer type. That's, that's right. That you was know? howitzer top. So I would say this, and, and here's the thing about it. I think we are looking at uh, a Ben Roethlisberger who understands leadership from an entirely different aspect. I think sitting out for much of the year last year, just about the whole year, uh, created in him a need to, you know, when, you, when you're when you a leader and, and sometimes if something's not going right, you put the blame on yourself so it kind of right. takes a heat off others. And I think he's just doing, that's part of who he is now. Yeah, I think I he's think... stepping up and saying, hey, listen, you know, I got, I got a lot I got it to handle. I got it, you know, I did this, I did that, what have you. But I think it's part of the leadership in him that says, you know what, I got to take some of the heat off the guys. I'm the I'm the guy here. I got to do better. You know, he is very humble. Yes. Uh he is very humble and you know, he's hard on himself uh because he missed he missed a couple of throws 
uh, yesterday. She did. In the one but, that he but, popped up to Simmons, that was that was not a good one. Yeah, but but you know what? Those th- that's going to work out. That's a preseason throw. Right. Yeah. That that's a it, it, it's like preseason. Right. The first you, half. You get you get the bugs out. Yeah. You know? And so that's what we're looking the, at. So I there's think. a lot of rust on the offense. Uh, there's rust on. Uh, uh, ben, there's rust on the offensive line. There's rust on the running back. There's rust on you. There's rust on me. <laughs> and me. Yeah. We're that old. All right, you brought up the offensive line, and so we we have to talk about that, especially with you yes. guys. This is your expertise. Kevin Dotson getting his first NFL start. Uh, grew up a Steelers fan, missed some time in training camp, dealt with injuries. Ben Roethlisberger, again, we're talking about right. his leadership. When Kevin Dotson went down during that training camp practice, it was Ben Roethlisberger. Berger, who helped him get off to go be looked mm-hmm. at. Chuk for filling in, well, taking over for Zach Banner, I right. should say, with him on IR and having surgery. So um, what did you guys make of their play? Break down each of them for me separately. And, Tunch, let's start with Kevin Dotson. Well, you know, Kevin Dotson is a mauler. Uh, he comes off the ball very well. Uh, he gets his hands inside, and he drive blocks very, very, very well. And one of the things he does, he's a little nasty, so if the defensive lineman's going down, he he throws them down and he gores them, and that's what that's what. That's we a used missing to do. element in today's yeah, that's game. Right. People don't understand how good a is good it. How gore. Much, yeah, good family fun. Yeah, I'm good goring out yeah, there. You, you, you know? You know what? We always gored people. You wanted to finish it off yeah, because yeah, we wanted you know, to finish it off. We always believed in that slow the Highlander thing. There can only be one. Right. You know that's what every every snap was all about. Who's going to be left standing? Right. You know. So it was good to see. And Kevin uh, Dotson, one of the things I, I was so impressed with, his pass protection. Right. He'd boom, bang, and he was like, he turned those guys into helmet magnets. Right. I mean, they would just, you know, they'd go back and forth, and, you know, they, they really weren't getting anywhere. And some of the twists, like on the draws, he's got to be a little bit, right. you know, more aware of around him, you know, what's going on in the double teams. But I got to tell you something, I was so impressed with him, and I was so impressed with Chooks. That's a heck of a coming out party for the two of them. Both those guys uh, were quick with their hands. Yes. Uh, Kevin Dotson set up. Uh, he, he he set up and he punched uh, and Chooks punched. Right. And uh, uh, Kevin. Uh, but Kevin I'll tell Dotson. you something. You got a whole nother world coming in when the Watt family reunion. Kicks right, off right, 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 right. Watt week. Yeah. Chooks is going to be against J.J. <laughs> yeah. Watt. And he's probably starting to get nervous already. (laughs) Don't say it. Don't say it. I don't know if you guys heard, but after the game, Ben also said that he got the game ball and gave it to Kevin Dotson for making his first start and said, give that to your dad, who he is the reason why he is a Steelers fan, said, give it to him for the man cave. Uh, First NFL start, that's a good uh, memory to commemorate. And Kevin Dotson actually spoke with the media today, and I don't know if you guys knew this about him in college. He told us after the Steelers drafted him that his trash-talking to the opponents, we're telling them, hey, this is where we're going to run the ball. Go ahead and try and yeah. stop me. You can't do it. And I so can they truthfully said, say I was never that cocky, but go right, right ahead. But he, they said, you know, were you uh, tipping the Broncos to what you guys were doing? He said, oh, no, not no, in the no, NFL. No, this no, is no, a no, different no. level. <laughs> you know, the only time that ever happened was, do you remember when we were playing the Giants and Jimmy Burt, my teammate right. from high school, who played? Who was drafted and played for the Giants? And he had a couple Pro Bowls, a couple Super Bowls. He was a nose tackle. And I said to Webby, I go, "Hey, listen, you know, uh, this is my old teammate here. You know, 
just he's a rookie, you know, let him, you know, I kind of say, Jimmy, come on, double team, right? <laughs> Until he smacked me right in the mouth, and then it was like, okay, All bet's right, off, no, baby. No, that, no bet's, bet's off, <laughs> baby. Yeah. All right, this is, we're, going, we're going at it. Yeah, so, yeah. But that's that's the closest I ever came to tipping anybody off. Yes, uh, you know, uh, and Webby uh, was uh, like that with Leo Wisniewski. Yeah, uh, When wizard. we played the, uh, the Baltimore Colts. Uh, Colts and uh, Webby kept on uh, blocking Leo and helping him up, and he said, "Good job, Leo. You're good doing job, really Leo. good. You're doing really good." <laughs> well, you guys are leading me to my next fun fact. Yesterday, Ben Roethlisberger played in his 220th career game for the wow. Steelers, tied Mike Webster for the franchise record. I would say that uh, Webby's road was a harder road. Right. No yeah, Webby was a center. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but that's back in another era when, uh, you know, when we, we were three padded practices yeah, a, week a week on our official two, turf, yeah. Uh, uh, in camp, two, two practices camp. Exactly. a day. But I say, you know, congrats to Ben. That's another right. huge mile marker in your career. It's been a stunning career, a great one. You know, that we have been so blessed, Chalooch, you and me. We have actually watched in person, I believe, every single game that Ben's ever played right. professionally. Yeah. And what a blessing that has been because the guy has just been. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's, he's amazing. The hurricane game was the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, the Ravens game when uh, no, no, that's Tommy Maddox. No, no, first stop was in the hurricane. Yeah. yeah. The, the, Tommy Maddox uh, got, got hurt. Uh, put out of the game and right. Ben came in. And then uh, the hurricane game was next week. And the hurricane game was, you know, how it was raining down in Miami. So Chaluch says, oh, you come on in. It's halftime. I go, no, I can't. I go, look, the Miami cheerleaders are out here. I can't go in because the cheerleaders <laughs> stayed out there. Wouldn't have been manly. Yeah, we, 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 we went body surfing uh, uh, before the hey, game. Hey, don't be saying that. My kids might be listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, when you talk about the offensive line, of course, we have to talk about the Steelers' run game. I know it's a small sample size with just two games. The first one, Benny Snell went over 100 yards. This game, James Conner went over 100 yards. You brought up, Wolf, though, that big 59-yard run to right. close the game out late in the fourth quarter. What do you guys make of what you've seen from the run game so far, and what can they improve on as they keep going? Well, you know, one thing, they come off the ball really well, but they don't combination block very, very well. Bingo. Uh, and uh, the combo block, uh, the combo blocks take a while to get uh, to get to synergy. To get together, yeah. Yeah, to get synergy. You know, because the back's got to hug the double team. So then he's got to set up and draw the second-level backer into one of those holes. And you right. can see when you run the tape, either the back wasn't looking where he was, he should have gone or the double team split apart before it should have or they didn't mo get enough movement with right. the guy on, on, the, on the first level, the hand-in-the-dirt guy. you got to move him back. So there's, there's still time in this thing up. But, you know, I will tell you this. My favorite run of the day was in the second quarter. If you watch it, go back and watch it around somewhere halfway through. It's a 12-yard uh, run by James Conner, right. and he rips it up there. And Justin Simmons, you know, he hunkers down, Doug, and, and James just covers the ball and runs smack right over right. him. And he went down, but it's a 12-yard run, and he just ran him over. That's how you finish off a run. And That's I like, a James Conner I, I like the James Conner touchdown. No question. Uh, he was very, very physical. He was driving the pile back into the end zone. Well, I thought Chooks and Kevin Dotson, that was a good double team they right. had. Because Dotson came off on the linebacker who tried to run through. Right, right, And it was right. timely and done right, and James hit it up between the two. It was great.
Now, with the combo blocking, is that something you guys will allude to? No preseason, shortened camp. Right. How do they? Wh- what do you above. think the reason is? All of it. All of the above. You know, O line wh- shuffling, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a uh, first Missy, start for a rookie. Yeah. Missy, when in training camp, uh, we often combination blocked, uh, and uh, all and day long, pre- and the preseason games, we often combination blocked. Right. And so you get a feel for the guy that's uh, uh, lined and you up gotta next understand to you. how we did it. Yeah. All right. When Chuluch and I were next to each other, you're hip to hip. Yeah. You roll over the front foot. You put your forehead right in the man's chin. So you're not like today. They're more upright and they have flippers yeah. and they go the the waddle step. But they can watch. Mm-hmm. You had to develop like this sense about watching the run through. Your head was buried in the chest or right. chin of the guy over you, but you could still, by going to that one third area on his body on the out on the side that you're on, still keep an eye on the inside. And that, you know, it takes time to develop. And you might whiff on a few guys, and of course, then the back's like screaming at you. Well, it's the run through. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I got nothing else going on at the moment. You know. So we double teamed uh, a big guy named Ron Simmons uh, from Cleveland. <laughs> well. Oh, don't go into that, man. People are eating dinner now. Yeah, well, well, the, 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 <laughs> like when you when you vomited, yeah, yeah. right in the guy's face. Yeah, sorry, oh. folks. I hope this isn't around dinner time for anybody. But it did happen. It's right. a true, true story. Um, One and, he'll and, probably never forget. And he he went <laughs> wow, and we double teamed him. Okay, now we got to tell it, yeah. all right? Because he developed a stomach problem in camp, okay, and he got really nervous. So then it would get like all gurgly, and then all of a sudden he would. Just let it go. And it looked like fire hose quality, right? Oh I mean, God. this came out a lot. And everybody would just, like, get away from them when it did. You're like, oh. Tunch would be like, ooh. And like, ooh, get away from them. So we were at, at the line of scrimmage, and uh, I heard him go, he's playing center. I'm playing left guard, okay. right? And I hear him just go, ooh, like this. And I went, oh, my goodness. This is going to happen. And at the snap of the ball, he snapped it back to Cliff Stout, and then he threw up right in Ron Simmons' face, oh. who was a 6'5", 300-pound nose tackle, who went on to have a fine career as a pro wrestler, by the way. <laughs> but he stood up. He screamed because he got hit flush in the face. He stood up, grabbed his face mask. He screamed, and we double-teamed him right off the ball. <laughs> it was so, it so quick. Oh, it was perfect. We took him 10 yards off the ball. <laughs> So. Well, if anybody wants the muffin I brought, now's the time to eat it. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Okay. Well, dinner's out now. Quickly before we have to take another break, guys, in terms of Benny Snell, uh, second year back, we talked last week about how great he looked against the Giants filling in for James Conner when he was dealing with that ankle injury, lost the 12 pounds, uh, fumbled the ball again this right, week. Right. Last week, Juju Smith-Schuster was able to recover it, so I think that you know made it seem just a little bit better this week that was not the case and you talk about not having fans and feeling flat and maybe not the momentum that literally sucked the wind out of Heinz Field whatever yes. energy there was so are you worried about Benny Tunch I, I am I I if I were Mike I'd go I'd give him a football and say carry this everywhere you go there you go and I would call up Jerome Bettis and uh, because Jerome Bettis very rarely fumbled right and uh, uh, Jerome Bettis had the ball tucked in uh, in his armpit, and he carried the ball with Cover a lot of – Cover the points, yeah, keep it tight, yeah. use only one arm. That's so, what he used to do. So if I was uh, uh, Mike Tomlin, I'd say call uh, – call Bussy. Bussy and yeah. uh, uh, talk to him about uh, not fumbling. Here's what bothers me. They're both fourth-quarter fumbles. 
you know. Um, and he, and for a young guy, this is not like Bussy. You know, Bussy went to at the AFC a game in uh, with the Colts, right? Yeah, and he the, fumbled the, the ball. That's not going to bother him because you know he's well, being a Hall of Famer, one thing, but being that much of a veteran. You know, it's not going to bother him moving on to the next round, right? right. It's not going to bother him going to the Super Bowl and thinking about no. But a young guy, and you do it two successive games in a row. Right. Now it can be like a little bugaboo get in your head, and I hope that it doesn't. But certainly, it does cause some concern. And missing the blitz pickup right. was another thing That's that could have right. been that could have been a real kick in the teeth had that uh, guy gotten to Ben before Ben unloaded the ball. Right, and you know. Uh... It, it is. It, it's probably the fumble shakes his confidence. Hopefully not. Yeah. Let's hope not. But yeah, I hear you. All right, guys. Time for our last break. We will be right back when the point after continues here on WDVE. Back to the point after on DVE. Roethlisberger back looks out to his left. Lost one along the sideline, going for Chase Claypool, who catches it in stride. Claypool stays in bounds. Crosses the twenty, the fifteen, the ten. The rookie Chase Claypool in for his first NFL touchdown, 84 yards, Roethlisberger to Claypool. All right, guys, what a beauty that was. Chase Claypool's first touchdown, as you heard there on the call by Rob King, that gave the Steelers a 14-3 lead with 6.34 left in the second quarter. That is the fourth longest Touchdown by a rookie in franchise history. Welcome back to The Point After, everybody. Missy Matthews, Tunch Oak, and Craig Woofley getting you to the top of the hour. And uh, not only did Chase Claypool have a beauty of a touchdown, Tunch, but on special teams, three special teams tackles. You just He was all over the field just flying around. It felt like every time you guys up in the booth would say, guess who? Chase Claypool. Yeah, yeah. You know what? uh, Um. One of the things we used to call wide receivers is China Dolls. He ain't no China uh, Dolls. He ain't so no China Doll. <laughs> he is physical. He is tough. He volunteers for special teams. I don't know of any other wide receivers that uh, have volunteered for uh, uh, special teams. No. And he's a tough guy, and he's a physical guy, and uh, I just admire him. Now, I know one guy, uh, Jim Crash Jensen, Right. Right from Miami. The quarterback. The, the backup quarterback who wore a neck roll. <laughs> like he used to call him the human Swiss Army knife. And uh, he he kind of blindsided me down in Miami. I right. Never, yeah, it was terrible. You know, Chuck was watching the film. Uh, Tommy Vigorito went around with the two of us. I was semi-contained. He was contained. And on a punt return, and he went up the sidelines. And... Um, so uh, we're watching the film. Chuck went, that's Chuck, a little number. Because his number was 11. He goes, that's a mighty small number hitting a lot bigger number. And it looks very bad when you're plowing up turf with your face mask. I know I told you guys yesterday on the broadcast, not only did Brian Kelly, his coach at Notre Dame, Chase Claypool, that is, Tunch, say that he volunteered for special teams. He said, this guy, if you tell him it's his turn to wash the floors, he's going to say, okay, so let me know when you want me wow. to do it. Um said that he was a great guy, not only with the guys he played with that were starters. He said walk-ons, that's normally who he ate team meal with. He was just one of those guys that he said, I promise you Pittsburgh is going to love him. Now, of course, this was literally minutes after the Steelers right. drafted him, and a college coaches want to want to give praise to their player. Uh, but second-round pick, too, for the Steelers. It was their first of that draft, but for a second-round pick – you know, we talk about it all the time. Kevin Colbert and his staff surely know how to find wide receivers. When I was on with Bill Polian and uh, on on 
uh, the NFL channel, uh, the NFL uh, serious channel uh, on radio. Uh, Bill Polian told me, uh, you know, I was bragging on uh, Chase Claypool, and Bill Polian said, uh, my son coached him at Notre Dame. And wow. he is a great guy. And, uh, you know, Bill Polian's a great guy. No kidding. Yes. Yeah. He is a great, great guy. You know, the thing I've always thought about, when you have great talent combined with uh, a great work ethic, combined with um, – A nice guy. Well, a sense of humility. Yeah. You've got uh, something very special maybe coming on. And you've, you're only one here in this room that's interacted with him because – We've not been around him at all. Virtually, I've interacted with Virtually, him. Virtually, but close enough. I <laughs> right. mean, it's, it's as close as we all can get. Yeah, no, but, it's I true. Mean, it, what, what was your Well, so you... um, immediately after the draft, I still got that same vibe, you know, what Brian Kelly had mm-hmm. told me and what he was all about. And right. you could just tell that he, he was like, Juju, text me, Ben, text me. Like, I'm so excited to come to Pittsburgh and work. And, you know, we all have to keep in mind these rookies did not have an offseason. Right. But Chase did say that they were able to share the playbook virtually. He was able to then work with a coach in Canada who would help him run the routes and try to emulate it as best as he could. Comes into training camp. You heard head coach Mike Tomlin talk about him. Ben Roethlisberger, Randy Feekner, Joe Hayden, and Eric Ebron. Everybody was pretty much saying, you know, this Chase Claypool is pretty special. So we were doing a special uh, show for their last mock game. It was the road mock game scrimmage, and we asked for a one-on-one with him. He did it, and I said, you know, all these people are saying that. And he goes, I mean, that's great. I'm trying not to listen to it. There's still so much more I have to do. I still have to get ready for week one. He wanted no part of it. And I know that's, you know, the proper thing to probably say, but when that many people are saying something positive about you, and we know how Coach Tomlin is with rookies, you usually don't say that too often. Right. Uh, He just, it sounded like he still had his head in the playbook. He was ready to go and was just trying to learn. And yes, we've seen him in small sample sizes through the first two games, but uh, hello, welcome to the NFL. Here's an 84 yard (laughs) touchdown. Well, you know, not too shabby. You know, he's a linear uh, speedster, but he comes in, he, he, he breaks and he comes out of his breaks uh, when he runs routes so quickly. Uh, he's very, very athletic. He is yeah. very, very agile, and uh, he's got great hands. Uh, and you saw him uh, on Sunday. You know, the thing that sticks out is that toe tapper he had in the Giants game. Right. We saw that in training camp. Remember when he right. pulled off one of those catches along the sidelines? Yeah. It's like he was Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz and the Ruby Red Slippers. That was some <laughs> serious toe tapping. Sticking with wide receivers, guys, Deontay Johnson led the team eight catches, 92 yards, the 28-yard touchdown that we talked about almost, you know, a touchdown on special teams as well. Right. Um, What are you seeing from these different guys? I just feel like each wide receiver is so different, and it is really great for Juju Smith-Schuster, for Ben Roethlisberger uh, being healthy this year that you really don't know where they're going to go. Even James Washington, who has been a little bit quiet yesterday, but still between Chase, Deontay, and Juju, they have some options. You know, I I love uh, I love Chase and Juju. Juju is so tough. He's so physical. He's got great balance. He's competitive, and, and he uh, he's he runs over guys, and yeah, I, yeah, I love that. And uh, uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, he, he he is fast. And one one of the things that Heinz Wardo always said to me: you got to run a, a route three different speeds. 
And uh, I think that Deontay Johnson ran that route, that, that touchdown. He was jogging, and then he put, uh, right. uh, put the uh, uh, afterburners on, and he caught the ball. Exactly. You know, the only thing we got to do is we got to get Deontay out of dropping the ball once a game here. Right. You know, he had the muff punt in New York. New York. He had that muffed, uh, you know, uh, when he came around on motion and, you know, the jet he motion. He should have had his elbow up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so he, the point is he tried he gets to rid take of that. It. If he, he gets rid it. of that stuff, he's really going to accelerate his development. Right. And I, I'm excited for him. You know, he's one of these guys that I think is going to be, uh, one, for Ben, he's going to be a go-to guy. But, again, the more I see Chase Claypool, oh, my heavens. Yeah. I don't know, man. You know, I, I think Ben has been spreading the ball around very well. What was it, nine or ten different guys yeah, yesterday? Yeah. I think it was. You know, the thing about it is, I will say this, though, Claypool, you got to see more of that. Right. As right. I said, that's top shelf Canadian bacon. That sizzles, baby. That sizzles. <laughs> All right. One thing we didn't talk about, because I was so excited to talk about, you know, the football part of yesterday, but it was no fans for the second week in a row. Right. It'll be the same on Sunday, uh, at least for the Steelers when the Houston Texans come to town. Now, we watched the Giants game together on a TV, but right. yesterday we were all able to be inside Heinz Field. Right. The site is weird, but I kind of got used to it, I think, because we were used to training camp. And right. There were just empty yellow seats everywhere. But from your perspective, both of you, Tunch, I'll start with you. How did you feel the atmosphere, the environment was? The players and coaches have talked so much about needing to create their own energy. Did you feel it? And how did you see them do that, if so? I didn't see the energy. Uh, did you see the energy? Because you were down on the, uh, the the first row. When things were going well. Yeah. And it was mainly the defense. The defense, they were chirpy. Uh, yeah. I think we see that in practice, right? even on the south side. Uh, right. You know, we saw it in training camp at Heinz Field, but I think that's the nature of this defense. They like to trash talk. They're all yeah. competitive. Right, right, right. They're all kind of loud. Um, and I definitely think they kept the energy up as much as possible. But when things were going bad, like I said, Benny Snell's fumble. Right. Even, you know, when the Steelers got the ball to start the second half and weren't able to score, it was kind of like, Ugh. Yeah, and and when uh, uh, when the Denver was driving uh, for touchdowns, it was flat. Uh, now you one Jaluch, of the things tell you, them about Renegade yeah, that yeah, was wrong. Well, Renegade, <laughs> when the, they turned down the volume of Renegade. It was so sad. It was the acoustic it version was, or something it was of Renegade. So sad, yeah. you know. I, I you know I would have played Renegade every quarter. Okay. Now, see, normally that's something I would do, not yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Let me just say this. I, I really felt that there was – it was a learning curve yesterday. And what that is, it means being able to maintain the intensity, especially when the noise drops off you right. go to commercial. And all of a sudden, everybody's sitting there looking at each other. And you can tell the guys are – this is weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? There, there's And there's none of that reciprocal energy that goes swooshing around yeah. Heinz Field and, and comes cascading down in those big moments. And you've got to, as a team, we talked about this on our show tonight, Salute. Right. you got to bring that energy, and then you've got to participate in bringing more because, frankly, without fans – it's a whole different world. You got to bring the passion. You got to bring right. the intensity. Right. You got to bring the uh, all the juice, man. The juice, man. 
Now, the one thing I did like was for introductions, normally Coach Tomlin picks offense or defense, and, you know, those guys get their individuals. There were no fans, and I was thinking, oh, are they going to – because, like, what are you going to do? You know, Like, are we? should we all clap, you know, when they come out? Like, that's just kind of weird. We saw them do it during training camp right. when they did their mock game, but it was still really weird. They came out as a team, uh, yeah. kind of as a united front, but also I just – I, I don't know. That just it would have been very weird. that would have been very weird. You know what it would have been like? Just ask Jerry Dulek what it's like when they introduce the golfers at a when and they yeah the polite know, clap the polite clap yeah right that's what it would have been right 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 <laughs> uh, um, you know uh, the polite go- golfing clap you know Mike Tomlin uh, does a great job of getting those guys Ready focused right uh, getting those guys fired up and uh, you know it, but it's, it's still overwhelmingly. Right. Odd when yeah. you're sitting in a house of eighty thousand seats and not not even a mouse is stirring. Yeah, <laughs> I'm interested to see if they do, like you said, use yesterday as a learning curve and maybe yeah. change something or do things differently on Sunday for their next home game. So we'll I have think, to see. I believe truly that one of the things Mike will address in talking about the needed uh, each man stepping up and yeah, let's bring this juice up and you can't be sitting on the bench. Sitting there, like going, oh wow, this is really kind of boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you got to be up, moving around, get your teammate up. You know, little headbutts here and there, stuff like that. <laughs> you got to be fired up. That's right. Bring you it, know, baby. the Houston Texans are going to be fired <laughs> up, yeah, and they, uh, they have a lot of players. All right, very quickly, we have one minute. I had to, you know, bring my Watt Week fun facts for you guys. I love it. After two two weeks, okay. J.J. Watt, five tackles, two sacks, no force fumbles, no interception, 0-2. T.J. Watt, four tackles, two and a half sacks, which is tied for first in the league with Chase Young. No force fumbles, one interception, 2-0. That's wow. pretty close. Now, what about Derek? Come on, you're not going to give any love to Derek? Come on. <laughs> well, you know, blood. the defensive yeah, guys DJ compete. Watt, DJ Watt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for joining us here tonight on The Point After. For Tunch Ilkin and Craig Wolfley, I am Missy Matthews. We'll see you back here next week.